Welcome to Pickle Me This, the officially unofficial podcast for Rick and Morty on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm Aaron. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today, we're covering Season 3, Episode 10, The Rick Churian Morty Date. Here's Aaron with the recap. Rick and Morty are sick and tired of being summoned to the White House to be the president's personal ghostbuster and try to set some healthy boundaries on their relationship. It does not go well. Rick and the president get locked in an ego-driven grudge match that results in the partial destruction of the White House, as well as world peace. However, Beth is freaking out over possibly being a clone, and a series of misunderstandings between her and a distracted Rick lead her to take Jerry back with both Morty and Summer standing beside their dad. Rick is now forced to swallow his pride, recognize both the president and Jerry's authority, because he finds himself unwilling to abandon his family once more. All right, Aaron, what do you think of this episode? I think this is a good episode. It's a funny episode, but I remember uh, you could probably hear us uh, talk about this contemporaneously on the Bald Move podcast, but like feeling like this is a little anticlimactic and turns out now that we found out everything there is to know, we've gone through all the commentaries. It's because this episode was neither conceived nor structurally fit to pattern of like a season finale or any kind of real cliffhanger. If anything, there was like a little cliffhanger they tried to build from the previous episode of Beth being a clone to kind of hang their hats on. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, for that reason, it's not like, uh, you know, some of the the real mind benders we've had in seasons before. It sure wasn't a season two where Rick was like arrested and put in, you know, galactic prison. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, the thing here is that Rick has had to eat mild crow and, take the president and jerry back into his life what'd you think yeah i mean that's that's the big development to me is that jerry's back in the family and that rick's sort of you know hundred year plan to be rick and morty forever and no jerry and i'm now the dominant force in this family is all just ash in his mouth i do i mean that's the one thing i like to talk about in discussion is like how how resolved is is Beth in taking Jerry back? Mm-hmm. Because, like, you know, I don't think she exactly, I mean, logic herself in this situation. Dude, I have no fucking idea why she's back with Jerry at the yeah. at this point, other than she's just very confused about she's her identity. And existential she's, breakdown. She's grabbing on to whatever she can yeah. to make herself feel better about it. Like, I but- think it's, it's, it's damning that Rick says, you know, as, as this is a problem with smart people that they, you know, they they lose sight of their own identity when they're suddenly successful or happy. So she runs to the dumbest person she knows for certainty. Mm-hmm. Um and but I don't understand why that gives her certainty. I I really don't. I watched this scene probably four times trying to figure out what is going through Beth's head. Why is this kiss important to her? Why is Jerry's intense stupidity important to her what is the lifeline here that she's grasping onto it's she's so i think it's just sanity i think she wants to desperately keep herself sane and so she'll take anything yeah no i I think you're you're right it's it's like she says like uh i can't trust anything you're the only thing that's kind of like the test case because you we've been estranged this entire time where i thought i've been cloned by my father so like 
you know me inside and out, and I want to trust your judgment because I literally can't trust any other person's judgment. Um, yeah, but it's not the rockiest of foundations. It's not the it's not the bedrockiest. I don't mean rocky in the sense of oh, like okay. unstable. I mean it's not the you're not sinking these pylons in the in the bedrock. You're you're yeah. you're building a, a house on sand. It seems like mm-hmm. not that that house that you previously maybe built in quick was quicksand that's dragging you actively dragging you Smith down. Sand. Yeah, Jerry Smith sand. Okay, some housekeeping. As has been the case for a while now, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. One big headliner, Jim Sess and I have launched an entirely new network dedicated to politics and lifestyle-related stuff. It's called Swizzbold, S-W-I-Z-Z-B-O-L-D. If you go to swizzbold.com, you can discover and preview our two flagship shows, Three Right Turns, a political podcast hosted by myself, and One Weird Trick, an advice show uh, podcast hosted by me and Cecily. If any of that sounds good, uh, head over to swizzbold.com and subscribe. Over on the Bald Move side, The Watchman is a show that needs a podcast if ever there were one, and that's what we do on We Do The Watchman Podcast. Instant live takes and talk podcasts for club members on Sunday night with a full recap podcast. Uh, with a full analysis on Tuesdays. Our podcast, 2-Bit Encryption, we are busy decoding USA's Mr. Robot each and every week. We had a truly silent night this past Sunday with a full hour-long episode, zero spoken dialogue. What does it all mean? Find out. Our full episode recaps drop every Wednesday. American Horror Story Podcast Season 9, the 1984 podcast, comes out every Friday morning. Cecily and I are in a post-Halloween sprint to end the season. There's only two more episodes to go. Check that out on the American Horror Story Podcast. Cecily and Alexis begin their regular season coverage of His Dark Materials on Bald Move TV starting this week. Watch the first episode on HBO, then check out their weekly show on Bald Move TV. And on This Week in Bald Movies, we've got Dr. Sleep, which is the follow-up to Stephen King's The Shining. Uh, in the weeks to come, we've got Ford versus Ferrari, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, and eventually in December, Star Wars Episode Nine. Check it out on Bald Movies. So that's what's going on here at baldmove.com. If any of that sounds interesting, head over to baldmove.com or search for the podcast name wherever you listen to podcasts to subscribe. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Let's, so I, I feel like we're we're threatening to just get right into talking the episode. We kind of already have done. So let's 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 do it. Do you want to keep talking yeah, about the, the 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 some the the Beth stuff, or do you want to uh, talk about the Rick stuff up front? Because I think the Rick stuff is the entertaining part. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely the sizzle, and the Beth stuff is the steak, uh, as it were. And I kind of like talking about the sizzle. Okay, let's do uh, it. There's a lot of. I think funny things that they do where they show effectively like how like kind of pissy the president's being. Oh yeah. Like one of them is he sends his men in a helicopter to go pick up uh, Rick and Morty. And there's a, there's a disagreement about whether they live in Seattle or the Midwest. Either way, a lengthy helicopter ride, mm. Rick portals to the white house and the president immediately hits. It's about to hit with an, it's about time gentlemen. Like what would be the response time? that would not it's it's like he's got everything is this this series of negs like you guys should be mm. happy to be doing this and i'm kind of like subtly not happy and 
there's also like when they have the meeting about um you know setting those boundaries i thought that was a pretty funny invert like how how is the president this dumb in this universe <laughs> that I mean, is he aware that the Earth was taken over by aliens? It's not dumb. He's just drawn this way. Uh, <laughs> I, I taken over by aliens. Yeah, like the Earth was under the domain of the Fed, Galactic Federation at the beginning of this episode. The, the season, or, so, yeah. The season is like is the actual cover story that like humanity itself rose out of the sewers and deposed the aliens. Is like there no hmm. does the does the president not know that Rick himself is responsible for like fending off so. It, it, it's weird like does the does the does the show know its own history or is the president just that dumb that he thinks he can arrest rick and morty when rick has destroyed an intergalactic government yeah i mean it, it does raise a question how much does he know does he know that the economy collapsed collapsed because of rick or does he just think they mismanaged it and it collapsed, and so now here we are. Or does he? They, they, does, do, do people know like why the Federation fucked off from Earth to begin with? Like, yeah. I mean, it, it's yeah. We talked about last episode. This is a comedy. It ultimately mm-hmm. none of this stuff, big stuff, really matters. But it is weird that like Earth was completely taken over and then abandoned by an advanced, sophisticated alien race. Mm-hmm. And it, well, and the president would still be so worried about the status of Rick, the godhood yeah. or or the power dynamic here, right? Because clearly there are other beings out in the universe, and we know that now, mm-hmm. and they are clearly more powerful than us. They were able to subjugate us one time. Yeah. Why would the president be all up in arms about wanting to be the most powerful person on the playground? Yeah. Uh, it's like, it's, it's, it's a weird thing where it's like almost, uh, there's like this worldwide delusion where everyone just forgot that it happened. Yeah. Um, because otherwise, like I, I thought it was, it, cause otherwise I, I really like the, the meeting where the president's like, look, you guys break thousands of federal laws a day and you know, we look the other way because every once in a while you help us out and like how, mm-hmm. The, f- the funny scene is like Rick and Morty are like, oh, I see the problem. You think that we can be arrested. Yeah. Or that we're saving Earth because we're patriotic Americans or because we have some kind of debt of gratitude for your for, for you looking the other way. When in reality, it's like we just assume that you knew if you tried to arrest us, it would go badly. Uh-huh. And it's also funny that like Rick has sown these fake like kryptonite stories about how he's susceptible to sanchezium mm-hmm. and he's susceptible to f- the pirates and he's put all this stuff out that the like that 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 the president is like in some kind of action movie set this big dossier about how do you take down rick sanchez <laughs> if there's a an omega level rick event and i i thought that stuff was all really funny i thought like america's um the way they portrayed america as being kind of like uh insecure in the face of someone with an obvious technological advantage like they have to invent this shitty deficit tripling off-brand version of the teleportation device. Mm-hmm. They have to, you know, shrink yeah, themselves. Yeah, this weird arms race with a guy who is so, so good at this ahead. shit that they have no chance of competing. Yeah, it's like, you know, if if uh, if we landed on the moon and the Russians sent like a mop head in a bucket. Right. You know, and be like, well, we did it too. It's, it's like, not only are you so far behind the race, you're not even running the same one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I, I, yeah, I the, think it, the Sanchezium stuff is super cool to me because it, it, this is something Rick does time and again, you know, yeah. it's, he's, he's so far ahead of the Thinking game ahead. that he, he's playing five moves ahead of you. He's setting up, he's, he's controlling the narrative here. 
-hmm. he's controlling your future moves by planting information. And he does this in like the, what was that simulation episode where he ends up blowing up the aliens because they're trying to recreate one of his... Uh, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The sources. dark matter, the yeah, yeah. fuel. Yeah. He's he's doing that in in that episode. Yeah, yeah. Do you think my my question is? Do you think that he's actually afraid of pirates, or is this a second stage Sanchezium? So every everything that I look at here and and answer questions, I have to look at the reactions of Rick. Mm-hmm. And Rick's reaction here seems to me legitimate. Seems to me genuine. He's genuinely freaked out by pirates, but. A, I don't know why he would be. Mm-hmm. And B, you're right, this could be another setup so that when they try and use pirates on him later, he'll be able to say, gotcha. I mean, the Sanchezium got blown up. That spot got blown up. So, right. like, he's doubling down the on the seeds. pirates just so that when they send the Invisi pirates to take him out, he'll be able to bisect them with his space lasers. Yeah. Could be. Uh, or, or, I don't know, maybe invent some kind of uh, upgrade to his visual cortex where it uh, on the fly maps pirates and the clowns or something he's not afraid of. <laughs> sure. Uh, I don't know. There's uh, I, I thought that um, there's a lot of really uh, funny commentary about like uh, you know, the president illegally wiretapping or illegally spying mm. on the Smith home with satellites, and like Morty's like, I know this doesn't look good, sir, and Rick's like, Yeah, what doesn't look good in a legal satellite? Uh-huh. The whole like um, you know, they, they they had this comment about like you know the the White House isn't. Uh, doesn't accept being bullied by foreign powers, and he, the 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 president says China doesn't piss on the White House, and Rick says, well, why would they? I'm sure it was very expensive. There's a lot of like I I, I like, uh, and then you got like Morty going out with the uh, president in Queef. Uh, <laughs> that's not as highbrow, but I like some of the back and forth that like uh, when you know Rick just takes the gloves off and like you know what I'm gonna fucking humiliate you and tell you what I think about it, mm-hmm. um, and the president's I, just like childish petty mm-hmm. comebacks like he's he's literally arguing with a child about israel yeah. about peace accords at some point like yeah come on man yeah um and i really liked some of rick's countermeasures like the instant death as being mm-hmm. what happened to him he died how instantly <laughs> that's terrifying sure it's a terrifying is. thing to watch it, it's he's like well, why don't you just knock him out it's like everybody wants to be knocked out nobody wants to die what kind of deterrent is that i that's that's <laughs> like a nice little window in the rick soul like mm-hmm. you know he wants to lose consciousness because life is miserable but he's also afraid of death so hmm. like is rick's perfect heaven like a, a stasis field could be um and i also like i love i love rick's deranged speech about like when they try to shoot him and it's, it keeps on backfiring, keeps on backfiring. And like, there's this one military general who's like, Jesus, he's not a God. And Rick's like, you don't know what I am. You don't know what I could do. I'm Dr. Who in this motherfucker. And it all devolves into a complicated, I'm fucking your mom joke. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then the guy doesn't know his mom's address. And so right. it evolves even further. I, that's so maybe like, my favorite joke of the whole was, was that Rick bluffing or was that yeah. like, is he got some kind of readout of like psychological profile manipulation type of stuff that he can like, you know, cut someone at his core at all times, which actually makes a lot of sense because his he's AI always does. got, yeah, there's like something that like is constantly scanning the people he's looking at to show like yeah. what is the most, if you have to reach for the most psychologically devastating verbal weapon in your arsenal, here's the one. And if, and if his car can do that, and he's the most intelligent being in the universe, I would think that's he what could I'm do saying. He's got some kind of Jarvis AI installed yeah. in his brain. It's just like not only is he smart, but he's augmentedly smart. Um, did you want to talk about the actual battle? Because like, there's a lot of like just gags that like you know they they establish the fact that there is a 
what was the cocaine lounge? Oh, uh, in McKinley. The, the, the Kennedy dump, sex the... tunnels, the Truman cocaine lounge, the McKinley hooker dump, and the uh-huh. Lincoln slave coliseum. We see all those things except for the slave coliseum in this episode. Yes, and it's just they they're like doing this running battle through it all. I thought that was funny. Um, in the McKinley hooker dump, there's also like these sound stages. Mm. One of them is like the moon implying that like maybe we did fake the moon landing, but there's another one like which and they just use the set of uh, of his his place where he gets busy. I, what, it's and really fucked up. Also, what there's also a jungle set like what what uh, is there some kind of uh, mm. conspiracy theory involving a jungle or something? Was the Vietnam War a staged event to take? I mean, I'm sure a conspiracy exists around it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I thought. All that stuff was funny. Um, there's a couple of like neat references, like the president using the the gravity gun from Half Life Two to like rough Rick up and to be, uh, uh, and also the president. Like everything was kind of like, like he gets on this uh, battle mech, but it looks like it's a Boston Dynamics robot dog kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, which, by the way. I don't know if you guys seen. I've, I've kept up with that. They've come a long fucking way in the last few years. I've seen the latest videos and they're frightening. Yeah, like like the 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 devil dog from like two years ago, Black Mirror. This mm-hmm. these things would eat that thing for breakfast. Like no, they're so insanely quick and nimble, and they're going yeah. to rule us all. I saw a humanoid robot doing a gymnastics routine. Yes, and it's fucked up. Like everybody's <laughs> like, ha ha! Look at look at the Honda's robot falling downstairs. It can walk down its stairs on fucking its pinky tips now, bitches. Yeah. What? And grab what? you by the neck and throw you through a window. Like, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> the only thing that's limited is our shitty battery technology. Once mm-hmm. once we get that mastered, it's 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 Skynet. We're going we're going. One of the jokes that I played on myself is like whenever we'd watch Star Trek or like Terminator and there'd be like this talk about World War Three and eugenics wars. I'm like, ha ha, boy, a stupid 60s and 70s humans really were driving us into a fucking pit, weren't they? Mm. It's all going to happen. It's we are going to have eugenics wars. There's going to be World War Three. We're going to fucking kill the whales. <laughs> uh, Skynet's going to kind of going to rule our life. Um but then, yeah, I don't know. I get that. Unless, unless up... we all get hooked on Minecraft and none of that happens because we get too lazy. Yes. Which I love the Minecraft stuff. And then we go extinct episode. as a species, but at least we're doing, you know, we're doing, you know, nonviolent fun. Rick's analysis of Minecraft is you craft stuff to mine with, you mine stuff to craft with. What, who wrote this, Jerry? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so good. It's just pointless. But but yet he himself at some point becomes addicted to it. Everybody does. Like, yeah. I defy you to try Minecraft for a few hours and just try it for, it's like cocaine or heroin yeah. like yeah it's great yeah you, you get you get really sucked into it um the other oh. thing that i thought was really funny is like that this all is built on the president's kind of throwaway refusal to take a selfie with morty from the mm-hmm. getting swifty like yeah the, and a misunderstanding between rick and morty who rick thinks that morty is more on board with this than he actually yeah. is and yeah, yeah yeah like rick's been going along with this because he thinks that his grandson thinks working for the president's cool yeah and then it kind of turns into it it evolves into just a power struggle between the two men yeah because that's the thing point. morty didn't want to do this shit because it's demeaning and it's dumb and it's kind of boring but like he doesn't want to like show up the president whereas yeah. rick very much wants to you know, he's already taken over as Alpha Dog in his own household. He wants to be Alpha Dog of the 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 nation, the world, and the universe, and uh, doesn't get it done. 
uh, no. has to has to admit defeat because his whole family's turned against him, which kind of leads us into the summer and Beth plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, what leads summer or what leads Beth down to like this existential crisis of thinking she's a clone is like a uh, summer's saying, "Oh, you seem like you're a lot cooler mom because you're adjusting to the divorce." Yeah, entirely different person. Yeah, and there's this great scene where Beth calls Rick. Uh, who's hitting an alien bong because he's working on the it's <laughs> the, the obvious if you think about it accords with Palestine and Israel mm-hmm. and she's like if you're I were a clone you were tell me and he says this very smart and I think accurate thing that like Dan's talked about a little bit on Harmontown that like one things if, if you're a smart or a driven or successful person and you you achieve your life's ambition is it's like it's it's hard to deal with the fact that you're happy now because now it's like if you if you like you're happy it's like oh it's because you must have sold out it must be because you fooled yourself you tricked yourself uh you're you're putting your head in the sand about something and he says that like you know smart people are happy they don't recognize themselves and it, it it's scary and that completely satisfied her and then mm-hmm. right as she's about to hang up, she's like, hey, hey, you're not going to get like next level uh, s- scared that if you were a clone and I'm lying to you because I'd have to hunt you down and kill you if you gain sentience. And like her performance of like hanging up the phone and her pupils like uh, going to pinpoints and she hyperventilates and screams, I think is super fucking hilarious. Yeah. I think she would have realized that this was a possibility eventually. Yeah. It's just, you know, maybe she was sated at that moment by this response, but. Yeah, when he goes into that. Uh, I like that. Uh, so when Beth stops by to visit Jerry, uh, him oh, he's working God. on a sign twirler. Yeah, he's really going places in life. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's really working on himself. Do sign... <sighs> Every time I go uh, like around tax time and there's a dude dressed up as a foam uh, Lady Liberty mm-hmm. or I go by a mattress sale place that's going out of business and someone's twirling a sign... Do, I always think like, do these work? Because like when I see that, I aggressively have bad feelings about the company. I'm like, you're making someone yeah. probably for minimum wage stand out, stand out in like the rain or the cold or sweltering, and 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 they're just a human like blinker, like like on sale flashing sign. Mm-hmm. I I don't. It's drawing the opposite of attention to 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 your business. Yeah, it's, it also seems like a pretty low class thing to do as a business. Yeah. Um, like like it's the kind of company that I don't know that I want to necessarily. Like there was a sign spinning guild, and they had like a big like like yeah. this is like going to see like a Cirque du Soleil or no, act like, like and and like they got paid thirty dollars an hour, and I'm like, right. oh wow, the mattress company splurged for one of the sign spinners. Mm-hmm. Be one thing, but that's not remotely the fantasy that's being sold here. No, these are I mean, not it's, craftsmen. It's badger and breaking bad yeah <laughs> like, it's they're just getting the lowest paid it's possible the joker version. from the joker yes. like it's it's not associated with good things like but yet it still keeps happening so does it fucking work i can imagine it gets your name in front of people and maybe they'll eventually forget the association of the sign spinning and just have the name and so yeah. when they need that service they go what companies do i know uh-huh that do this oh there's that one company that i learned their name somewhere because i always thought it's like it's like someone's like driving home and they're like oh fuck i need a mattress go to mattress but like it's but almost no. like this nobody who who does their taxes on an impulse like who's gonna go to h&r block <sighs> yeah based on the side i they was see gonna drive to my home. accountant but i've got my ford's w2s right here i, I really need to get pocket. home for dinner with my family tonight but mm-hmm. there's a sign with h&r block and i do need to do my taxes so it's this weird reverse jedi mind trick where they want you to grab your attention and 
and associate with the name, but then you go home and forget about it a couple yeah. of days later when you're thinking, oh, where do I want to go to taxes? Oh, there's that tax place that's right. interesting. I, I assume that's how it actually is effective. It has to be. Because it's like drawing attention yeah. to your name. It's like if someone uh, took out 30 seconds of airtime in a Super Bowl to, to have uh, some ass cheek emblazoned with a company logo shit on a plate, I would never forget that company, but like I don't know that I do business with them. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know, maybe a month later when I'm thinking about like, hey, I need someone to shit on a plate. Oh, yeah, there's that one go. company. Beth is, we, we talked about this. Beth is just, she's 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 gone crazy. She's turned herself into a mental hamster wheel mm-hmm. and she needs Jerry to like stop it. Yes. Uh, I think it's, I think it's because like I identified very hard with this Midwestern like teenage dating thing because oh, like, yeah. hey, I, I took a girl or two up to Connor Prairie to see... Star Wars played by the in, in Indianapolis Symphony Orchestra. I or, thought that was a great time. Movie theater. Yeah. D- drive in, whatever. It yeah, is. it's like, kind of low stakes, lame nerd dates. Yeah, yeah. That we inflicted on women. Just, just awkward teen dates. Uh huh. But, but I love like he's like specific. Like, number one, Jerry's got this thing queued up. What? Do, is there any is, is that just convenient for the plot or are we supposed to like is this something that jerry rehearses or thinks about a lot like the t- time he meets beth is this one of his meditative practices he's doing as a divorced dad i imagine to him this is a defining moment of his life and, and sure. in some ways it should be sure uh it was however a very long time ago mm-hmm. so you would think yeah some of the details might be fuzzy but he has it on instant recall so he probably thinks about this moment often especially after the divorce, yeah, he's got to be thinking about this moment constantly. I mean, it just seems like it's bullshit, and it's self-serving bullshit, but it's confidently delivered self-serving bullshit. Yeah, man. Don't ask me how this convinces Beth of anything. Yeah. Because I don't fucking know. Uh, <laughs> like, if anything, it would it would drive me away, but... I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me if you come back in season four and, like, Beth and... I, it wouldn't surprise me if Beth has already kicked Jerry out. Because this yeah. feels like a very fall. This feels like a false spring. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know if we're going to get a real one because we've talked about it at length that the Jerry and Beth just seem like they're very different people. Yeah, uh, and that like one Sometimes of them would, that's okay. One of them would have to change for this to work, and I, and honestly, the the change probably has to be. Well, I don't know. Beth could probably ease up a little bit, but Jerry say needs, needs to, to get his on, shit together. The change probably has to come from Beth because he's, he's the only one self-aware enough to be able to do it. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Jerry's not going to fucking change because Jerry doesn't know that he needs to change. I mean, like, Rick delivers this scathing, withering, like, there's no amount of intelligence and mm-hmm. planning and cunning that can possibly keep you from wringling your parasitic yeah. tentacles and destroying the worth out of any... And and he's like, well, Rick, uh, that must have been really hard for for you to admit. Thank you. <laughs> right. Like, J- Jerry is too dumb to to force a change in himself. Yeah. Because he doesn't think he needs to. He's too lazy to do it, even if he knew he needed to, to keep Beth. Like, because that's the thing. Like, if Beth's change would be to be okay with raising a man baby, the rest, like, right. Morty's going to move out. Summer's going to move out. But she's going to be stuck with Jerry until he fucking stops breathing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's not a good change. It's just no. a change yeah. that she would have to make. <laughs> it's a change one can make. It's a change one can make to just like uh, you know em- embrace the life that uh, that you've been handed handed mm-hmm. to you. I understand why the kids the kids are excited because like this is this this has been something that sucked for them and it's been something that's had a negative effect. You know, summer's huffing pottery, uh, pottery. Uh, Morty's pissing his pants at school. This has been been not good for them, mm-hmm. and this is a sign of return to some kind of familiar stable sta- stability. 
I understand Beth. She's crazy, and she needs someone to kind of, like, stop her brain from vibrating. Why does Rick... St- I mean, this gets to the heart of something we've been we've been plumbing for three seasons. Why does Rick stay? What's the significance of the fart? <laughs> I don't know if the fart is that significant, but I do think he stays because this is his Beth. You know, we talked last episode a lot about the clone stuff. Um, I came down on the side of, I think this is his Beth, and that is why he stays. Because mm-hmm. if this weren't his Beth, it would be very easy to take Summer, take Morty, and go find another Beth. But we know it's not literally his Beth, because he's already hopped dimensions once. Well, yeah. So it's like, it's kind That's of true. like, is he is, is this embracing? Because I think Morty and Summer have finally gotten over this hump that like... Mm-hmm. None of this matters. None of this is special. This is all happening across an infinite realities. Um, I, I guess like yeah, it's like a fair question then. I mean, but but I, I guess it's like that's I don't know because like Rick kind of said it like last episode too. It's like why are you special? I don't know. Maybe it's because you're special because you're not special. Maybe because you're special because something about your mom. I, I I don't know. And and it, the, the the I guess their big realization is that even though I don't think he has the answer. He knows that there is something special to this. He can't put his finger on it yet, but it's uh, it's something that he's 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 doing something we've never seen him before, which is swallow his pride, mm-hmm. and he makes up with the president, and he accepts Jerry as the Lord and Master of the House. Yeah, which could have interesting consequences for next season. Yeah, because I, I see could... a similar presidential Rick power struggle happening between jerry and rick well plus i think that uh jerry's going to draw all the law the wrong conclusions this is going to right. embolden like uh yes. you've negotiated with the terrorist and now their demands are going to be outrageous mm-hmm. uh and they've admitted that you won he's an intellectual terrorist and he's 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 destroyed destroyed your intellectual framework what mm-hmm. what are you going to do um yeah because like uh what's what's it look like if uh, with a smith household where you're where rick is constantly the butt of the jokes yeah I don't think Rick would like that much. Um, the only thing else, I guess, to talk about before we get to the spoiler section is the stinger. Oh, yeah, Mr. Poopy Butthole. Yeah. Got married, got his GED, got a kid. <laughs> I, I like the subtle shade that uh, they throw at the audience. Like, uh, oh, you know, you like, hey, just... we'll be back in a couple of years. Like, look what I did while I was waiting for Rick and Morty to come back. I hope you got you didn't fuck around and waste your life. <laughs> uh uh-huh. Is there any there there about like it? It just so coincidentally, it's just so it just so happens coincidentally that, or maybe not coincidentally, that Rick and Morty is coming back in the Christmas season. Is Mister Poopy Butthole going to have a big white Santa Claus beard? Mm. Is he going to be Santa Claus himself? He could. I hope we get a Christmas episode. Yeah. Because uh, I I like him, and some of the community Christmas episodes are some of the best. Um, I also, the other thing is like, uh, it seems like the rift is, is healed between, uh, the, uh, Mr. Poopy Butthole and the Smiths because they're part of his family, mm-hmm. uh, photo collection. Yeah. He's got special frames for him and everything. Here are the highlights coming up this week on Bald Move. All new Pulp and Prestige this week. On Tuesday, we'll cover the latest episode of The Walking Dead, The Ones Who Live on Pulp. And on Thursday, we'll catch up with the latest Samurai subterfuge on FX Hulu's Shogun. Then on our House of the Dragon feed, Anthony puts on his Maester's class on Monday. And then on Thursday, Steve joins him for Electric Boogaloo as they continue their discussion of George R. R. Martin's A Clash of Kings. 
Find these and many of our other great podcasts by searching for Bald Move Pulp or Prestige in your favorite podcast app. All right, Jim, are you ready to plot to the future? Yep. This is where we, for the final time, open our portal guns to Dimension BM-77 to access behind-the-scenes detail, trivia, and spoilers for future episodes. This will... I mean, we're we're done. We're caught up to real time. There's no more commentaries. There's no more uh, yeah connections wow. to future plot that we can't just openly speculate about because everybody's on the same page. This is the end of a Rick and Morty era. Justin seemed like me in this episode. He was either far too drunk or exhausted. Yeah, from the pace of creating this season. And I feel you, man. Just covering the season was hard enough. Yeah, yeah. Um. But so there's a, it looks like there's this was kind of like a potpourri type of thing that like Dan had been kicking around this idea that he particularly liked this Tom Baker iteration of Doctor Who that had this conceit of there's a, some kind of government liaison the British armed forces that would coordinate with the Doctor Who for paranormal or extra uh, extraterrestrial threats like you know some aliens or locked sponsor or whatever. So, like, the president was kind of going to be that role, and, like, how does Doctor Who feel about that? And also, they have they kicked around in the writing room several ideas. What would happen if someone tried to arrest Rick and Morty for their various crimes? Mm. Um, which is a weird thing to explore, because we already saw that happen with the... Fet- like, I, I know we haven't seen it happen on Earth, but, like, I mean, what's Earth going to do that the, the Galactic Federation can't? Sure. But it's an itch that they wanted to scratch. The other thing I thought was interesting is how, like, it seemed like Dan put a lot of his creative... Uh, struggles with his writing partners into like this kind of passive aggressive uh, relationship that Rick has with the president. Like he says, and what I thought was really funny is how tickled that Justin was to kind of like, like really, that's what you were going for in this. And like he, he he lays all the subtext and the, the presumed target of it doesn't even get it. Yeah. And they talk a lot about how this was kind of a very makeshift finale. It wasn't, it yeah. wasn't something that they planned to be the finale. They thought they were having fourteen episode season. They got a ten. These, these creative struggles, which I yeah. would love. I, I. It's so. Are, what are the creative struggles? I mean, the, the the one they keep talking about is like Dan wanting to make sure everything runs and has like you know logical connective tissue, and Justin mm-hmm. always wants to do something ridiculous and crazy. Uh, you know, like we talked about Beth and Jerry, who's going to be the one to change? Who do you think? Who do you think has changed that to, that allow this thing? Because apparently now they're just they're like a finely tuned machine. Yeah. Uh, well, I get the impression that Dan has changed. He he's every commentary I listen to him talk about this. He's he's constantly saying, "My first instinct was this. I wanted to make all those connections. I want to do this." And I thought about it and said, "What would Justin do?" Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, and and kind of leaned into that. And I think yeah. he's leaning towards Justin's end of the spectrum while also maintaining what makes him special as Dan Harmon. Uh, I, I would say he hasn't leaned too far in that direction. Yeah. And there's still a good balance. I wonder how much um, Dan's longtime partner, Rob Schraub, joining the room as kind of like a director mm-hmm. and like writing consultant. Because uh, like by happenstance, Rob got fired from the Lego movie sequel and kind of had nothing to do and like dan brought him on and kind of like it sounded like from like the harmontown i'm sure this is like the funniest way to but it, it felt like professional kind of pity like mm-hmm. oh my guy just uh, my guy just had a bad setback and he was here for me when i got fired from community you know nbc and community came on the podcast i'm going to return a favor but it by all accounts it seems like Schraub is just crushing it 
And mm. one of his number one jobs on Harmontown is to like keep Dan from like, you know, becoming a monster, like kind of corral him. Okay. Um, or at least that's the comedic routine they play. And I wonder if like Rob is the honest because because Rob's also a little bit of a comic terrorist himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if like he is able to like uh, channel that Justin energy into the right direction or like keep Dan's, you know, buffaloed to where he can't. I, I, I don't know. Like what, what is the special? What, what is what what's changed? that's made this like be such a creative fucking labor to give birth every season to where now it's like not only are they they breeze through season four, but like it seems like that they're barreling down season five too it's going to come out in record yeah. time well it's probably that season four is half the length <laughs> well that's true that they're not helps. trying to go for 14 episodes or what, what whatever yeah they're going for five so far that have been announced i think i think it's still 10 i'd see i, I don't know I, I think it's going to be split but yeah it's it's, it's a so 10 far, episode season that's split five. five and five which i guess is the thing that they used to do all the time with rick and morty until you know mm-hmm. or at least that's what they did in season one um but I don't know because, like I, you know, uh, as I've said many times, I di- I didn't watch it uh, season one as it was coming out. I didn't find out about it until season like halfway through season two. The number one thing uh-huh. that both shocked me and in retrospect makes perfect sense because they do this to themselves is they didn't actually know. They still don't know. They haven't decided whether Beth is a clone or not. Uh, Justin, you know, calls it Schrodinger's cat. Uh, Schrodinger's Beth, essentially. And I think that's both, uh, th- that makes a lot of sense, but it also was surprising. I mean, it's a classic. It's what like Vince Gilligan always yeah. did in the Breaking Bad writer's room. It's I think like, it's what they did coming into this season too. They didn't know how they were going to get Rick out. Yeah, they, just, they, just they put just him knew. in a situation where smart people, we're funny people. And, and I, yeah. I kind of liked how they acknowledged that the, they kind of brought the viewers into the writer's room too. It's like, you know, if you're a super fan and you're reasonably intelligent and you've thought about this, then you're in the same spot that we are. Yeah. The only difference is that we have the ability to make a version canon. Mm-hmm. Like your ideas might be better. Your ideas might be more well thought, thought out. You know, maybe they're, they're, we have a different spin on them, but like, I, I thought that was kind of, I've never heard a creator say it just like that. Like there's not really fundamentally a difference between a super fan and the writers, except for the writers get paid to take the ideas and turn them into law. Yeah. Um, I thought that was, that was pretty funny uh, or pretty interesting way to do it. There's one other thing, and this has happened a couple times, but it's always been something I've understood. There's a giant ominous silence in the commentary track. Uh, And before like it's happened because it seems like they were getting a little too inside gossipy about a particular person and maybe they revealed a personal detail they shouldn't or uh, Russell Brand just like fucking went off the rails and said something uh, between him and Royland. It was so offensive that the powers that be is like, no, rip that 30 seconds out. This uh, right as this uh, guy whose name is uh, Wes Archer, who was the uh, I think the, the lead illustrator of this episode was pointing out this T-Rex stripper that's kind of grinding in the background mm-hmm. of the forming of the obvious, if you think about it, accords. Love it. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was great. Dan says, well, wait a second. There's just a character smoking, and then it freezes. Uh, and the next thing they come back is they're just in the middle of a conversation about Jerry's incident, like as, as that was pulled from anyone's specific memory or whatnot. What, what what the fuck could they, what 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 could possibly have happened in the next thirty seconds that need to be bleeped from? Like, there's some hardcore dr- drug use, right? Right, because he's smoking from a laser hookah. Yeah, it's on the screen. Like they 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 crush up and snort all kinds of stuff. Like there's all kinds of drug use being portrayed in this in this series. Alien drugs. Yeah, 
So no, I, I don't know what it was. I I don't I don't know. I, but it's, it seems like every season there's one ominous. Maybe it's just a tradition mm. at this point. <laughs> uh, hey, we didn't have one this year. Like, well, no, they did have one. It was a Russell Brand one. So I yeah, I don't know what the I, I'm I'm super curious about like what it could have possibly been that you can't just bleep it. You have to actually remove. 30 seconds of context to keep people from like piecing it together and figuring I think, out. I think Marilyn Manson and Courtney Love walked in the door <laughs> and they were like, not this again. Yeah, shut Come this on. shit down. Yeah. No, bleep it, uh, bury it, uh, put it in the McKinley hooker storage room, uh, skeletonize it. We don't want it. Um, but uh, you got anything else? No, that's it. Well, that's it. That's the last of the BM 77. Let's blow it up. Let's mm -hmm. shove it into the sun. Can't mm -hmm. ever go back. Ready for season four. Pickle Me This is distributed by Bald Move in association with Starburns Audio. It's produced by Jason Smith and Scott Porch from Starburns and myself, Manayron, from Bald Move. All music featured on this podcast is from the Rick and Morty soundtrack, available from Sub Pop Records. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To discover the many other great shows we do, please check out baldmove.com and starburns.audio. If you appreciate what we do and want to directly support us, consider joining our club at club.baldmove.com to get access to exclusive bonus audio and video features. Finally, you can follow us on your favorite social media at Bald Move. See you next time. <laughs>